Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Genuinely Interested Podcast. Uh, this week I have Jonas Teichman, who is a phenomenal uh, extreme athlete. He has done a uh, Cape to Cape Challenge and Pan America and Eurasia. And this guy's pretty much crisscrossed the world on a bicycle. How many times over? Uh, the Cape to Cape Challenge that he did was 18,000 kilometers from Norway to South Africa in record speed. Uh, I believe he said it was 72 or 73 days. And then he did the Pan America solo, 23,000 kilometers, um, also in under 100 days. And that was from Alaska to South America, Argentina, and Portugal to Russia, which was the Eurasia one uh, expedition. So he's basically done everything, or so you would think, until his next adventure, which is the triathlon he is working on now. Uh, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, he might have to do it next year and not at the scheduled time. But, you know, uh, I think everyone's pretty much affected right now. So I hope uh, he is able to do it this year somehow. But I guess we'll see. Uh, what it is basically is a triathlon around the world. He starts in uh, Munich, Germany, and he explains it on the podcast, but it involves swimming and sailing and running and cycling. So there's a lot of work uh, that goes into it, and he hopes to do it in under a year. So, you know, I wish him all the best. That's definitely uh, quite the feat. Uh, I actually told him that if he does it, I will definitely meet him in New York to run uh, the last portion of uh, the United States. So I need to get in shape for that because I'm definitely not in shape sitting at home for the last two weeks. So that's uh, something I definitely will uh, will work on. As far as the podcast, we did have a few connection problems uh, towards the middle of the podcast, I believe. Uh, there was a part where we couldn't really hear each other too well. So he might have had to um, say a couple of things uh, over again. And towards the end, uh, I believe I had to cut it a little bit short just because, again, uh, we really could not hear each other. And, uh, you know, I didn't want... I didn't want the podcast to go that way. Um, I wanted you guys to hear everything he has to say. So we said we'll definitely do it again in the future. Um, yeah, I had a great time talking to him. And I hope you guys enjoy. So, yeah, here's Jonas. Hi, Jonas. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate uh, you taking time from your uh, forest runs and uh, coming over and chatting with us a little bit. Yeah, my pleasure. So how was uh? I'll just tell the the the, the listeners we were uh, we were supposed to talk around twelve, and then again email saying that you know you were lost behind the the forest, uh, behind your house in the forest in Switzerland, which you know I'm I'm sure to every person locked down in their house right now sounds like heaven. So I hope you had a good run. Yeah, it's really one of the best places you can possibly be right now, and uh, it was nice. What's what's the elevation there? Um, I started at around five hundred meters and went up to thousand uh, one or two hundred. Oh, so okay, it's, that's it's, uh, kind of mountain range before that. Yeah, that's that's still that sounds that sounds amazing right now. Um, 
So yeah, so you've done a lot of expeditions, a lot of challenges. Uh, I'm just going to read off a few here. Uh, you did the Cape to Cape Challenge, which is 18,000 kilometers in 75 days. So basically from Norway all the way to South Africa, you did a Pan America solo, 23,000 kilometers in 97 days. So from Alaska all the way to South America, um, Ushuaia, which is Argentina, you did Eurasia, um, I think it was Portugal to like the tip, the eastern tip of Russia, um, and and the Alps, and many, many more. And now you're doing uh, a worldwide triathlon, correct? Which is starting in Munich and ending in Munich. Exactly. So can you tell us a little bit more about that uh, expedition, which is, you know, that's that's a pretty insane kind of expedition. How'd you come up with it? Um, or like organizing it logistically. I always find that that, you know, I don't know how, how you like guys put it together. So if you can kind of take us, you know, through that, that would be great. Yes. Yeah, so over the past few years, I, I did all the big three continental crossings on the bike. And uh, so it feels now there is not really a big challenge left on the bike. And uh, I was uh, thinking about uh, what uh, could I do next. And I have this dream for a very long time of going around the world with, without a plane, starting in the same and finishing in the same place. And uh, so I thought about options, how I can do it. And uh, thought, why not uh, doing a triathlon? And uh, when I was looking at, um, at the, yeah, on the map, I actually figured out it's um, exactly 120 times uh, Ironman distance. So wow. what I'm going to, to do is I cycle from Munich to uh, down to the Mediterranean, to the Croatian coast, and I swim for um, 500k along the coast, and I do it unsupported, so I have little um, rafts that I track along. I go to the beach in the evening, sleep there, and then I continue swimming the next day. That takes around five to six weeks. And uh, once I'm done with swimming, I will cycle to the Chinese coast. And uh, there I jump on a sailing boat and uh, sail across to California. And uh, then I run across to New York. So that's exactly 120 marathons. And uh, from there, again on a sailing boat across the Atlantic uh, Ocean to Portugal and uh, cycling the final bit um, back to Munich. And how long is, is this whole thing supposed to be? And it's a bit hard to calculate. So <laughs> on the bike, uh, I'm pretty sure what, what I can do. Um, but I'm not a, a runner and definitely not a swimmer. Also, yeah. on a sailing boat, it's it's logistically very challenging because I want to do it a little like Greta Thunberg style and um, hitchhiking across. Um, so I have to find a boat. Oh, I, wow. I believe it's possible in around 10 to 11 months. Definitely less than a year. That's the, the target. Wow. That's... Uh... Because you've you've never done usually all your expeditions on 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 top of the bike, right? So swimming and running is is kind of new to you. And running isn't completely new. I have uh, done longer trail running trips of a week or ten days in the, in the mountains or in, in some islands, um, but never an expedition of, of several months. And uh, swimming is and also sailing is completely completely new to me. So you're going to be doing the sailing or it's, this is all completely unassisted? Uh, no, I mean, the unassisted part, that's uh, the triathlon, the, the three disciplines. And uh, the sailing is uh, kind of um, in between the way across the oceans. 
And uh, I'm not a sailor. I think it would be a suicide mission to decide yeah. Yeah. to do that also on my own. <laughs> so <laughs> I wanna wanna be part of a group and across uh, the oceans. I understand. Okay. And how much time usually goes into, you know, an expedition like this as far as uh, planning, all the logistics? Um, I'm, I'm assuming there's probably, you know, a lot of people that, you know, are behind the scenes that, that help you out with this. Um, not that many, actually. It's mostly a one-man uh, show. Um, so the only, okay. uh, only person that really helps me is my dad. Um, he is kind of doing the back office and uh, helping with logistics and, um, and media things and everything. Oh, wow. uh, apart from that, I, I organize everything on my own. And the planning has already started um, with the road and everything. But it's the visas I have to apply in advance and then um, yeah, finding the boat. Uh, the big challenge is at the moment with the, with the virus that um, borders are closed and I don't know at, um, when they are going to open again. Yeah, I mean, we're in a, we're kind of living in a new world right now where, uh, you know, people have to stay in their houses, borders are closed, uh, lockdowns worldwide. So uh, you think, and, you know, I just saw it today or yesterday that um, the Tokyo Olympics are postponed. I don't know if they're even going to, you know, happen. So there's a lot of moving parts. Everything's very fluid. We don't really know how long this thing's going to happen. Do you think, you know, this might affect your, uh, your expedition? Of course. I mean, I'm at the moment, I'm, I'm still assuming and planning for to start in September. And September is the last possible date for, for doing it this year, because um, otherwise it simply gets uh, too cold and uh, too dangerous in the Mediterranean for swimming. And also, I can't mm -hmm. cross the Himalayas, Himalayas on the bike in, in March. So, I believe uh, and I hope in, in September I, I can start. Otherwise, it's simply postponed until spring next year. But um, I'm going to do it as, yeah. as soon as borders are open. Um, the thing is, I'm not as affected as, as in the Olympics because um, I'm avoiding the big cities. So, I don't really have that much contact with people. Um, but of course, borders have to be open. Otherwise, it's not possible. Yeah. Wow. So, so you'd be cycling through, you know, uh, the Himalayas, Nepal, or, or India, or I don't know exactly what country. But you know, how have you ever cycled in such like in in, in such high elevation? Um, yes, a few times. I was, for example, last year in uh, in Peru in the Andes. And uh, I was around three weeks or four weeks um, in four to 5,000 meters. So the highest, wow. I've done several passes that were almost 5,000 meters. And uh, it does affect the body. It's uh, super challenging, but uh, I know I can handle it. Do you have to do any acclimating before or you just go right into it? Yes, um, if you want to do it fast, there's no time for acclimatization. So um, I simply go across. Uh, when I was doing the Pan America, I had also a 4,800 meter pass without acclimatization. And it feels like. Oh, wow. Um, I feel pretty okay until around 4,000 meters. But above 4,000 meters, it's a, it's a different thing. You, you're like simply 
uh, all your energy leaves. There's just no way, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, I made it across that time, so I'm I'm sure I will make it across the Himalayas too. Yeah, I'm sure you will as well. Um, so basically, you're a, I mean, I guess, what, what would you categorize it? A professional cyclist slash adventurer? Um, I mean, do you kind of tell us how you got to that? I mean, is, is, is it something, I guess, that you thought, okay, this is what I want to do? Or is it something that just organically evolved as, you know, as a passion project and you love doing these things and then eventually you end up being, you know, in this profession? Well, it's a long journey because um, there are not that many um, that are living by being uh, by doing those kind of things. So it's not that you can um, kind of um, study this and make your career out of it. Um, I have yeah. been uh, doing adventures and cycling all my life. And uh, during university, I, I did a um, bike ride around the world. And uh, at that moment, it was clear for me that, that I don't want to have the normal career in the, in the office. But uh, after university, of course, I had to uh, to work a bit. So I worked in uh, in sales for two years, but um, got the opportunity to do the, the first world record, uh, Eurasia. And after mm-hmm. that, I found first a few sponsors and uh, speeches. So really, nothing you could you could live off. But I thought like now you are thirty years out old now, and um, you have basically nothing to lose. Um, it's now or never, and um, I quit my job and uh, went all in on that one. And since Pan America, I can I can live actually um, actually well from it. So it's I don't have a home. I live in uh, on the bike, so my life is super cheap. Yeah. And uh, I live from sponsors and uh, motivational speeches with, with companies. That's amazing. Yeah, because you know I think a lot of people. <clears throat> excuse me. I think a lot of people, you know, don't really pursue their dreams, especially when it's, you know, uh, well, I feel like nowadays you can make money or a living off of anything because obviously the internet has always opened up the, 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 the opportunities for everyone, but people are still scared to try and do what they love and they, they go for the secure job a lot of times. And, you know, I think that's why people gravitate towards people like you and other people that kind of were, you know, fuck it, let me do what I love. And, uh, if I can, you know, be successful at it, then, you know, that's, that's, that's a cherry on top. Exactly. I mean, um, for me, it's, what motivates me is I I wake up every morning in my tent and I know that I'm going to experience something I have never experienced before. And every day is different. And um, this is, of course, it's often hard, but um, I wouldn't change my my life and my job for anything. <laughs> it's uh, making yeah. your dream your, your career. So nowadays, you know, I'm, you see kind of more and more um, you know, back in the day you would climb Everest, right? It would be the first man to climb Everest. And then it would be the first man to climb Everest, uh, at record speed. And then it'll be the first man to ski down Everest and then a parachute down. They're just every year they're coming up with new, you know, firsts, new Guinness world of record, like, and that you see guys like Colin O'Brady and, and Ross Edgley. I think he just swam across the whole of Great Britain and, 
Uh, I saw this other guy um, recently, uh, Andreas Hoffman, and I think he was doing, I believe it was triathlon uh, in Antarctica. So it's kind of like there's these new world records being set all the time that no one's attempted. Um, you know, is that something you're noticing more and more? It's not enough to, you know, to do, uh, you know, the first man to cycle, let's say, I don't know, from point A to point B, you have to add like this crazy thing on top of it. Um, well, of course, it's, um, it's unfortunately not the age of exploration anymore. So all kind of real big first, uh, firsts, they, they have been done. And um, the natural thing is you make it, do it faster or you do something in a different way uh, of course now there's uh, with social media there's uh, there are sponsors behind it and you can make a career with it mm -hmm. so it does lead of course people to to always try new things um i personally believe you shouldn't just do something just for being famous or, or doing the record uh, the motivation should always be because you you really want to do it Do you think nowadays marketing is a big proponent of, of success? I mean, you see guys that are doing amazing things, but aren't getting anywhere near the, the publicity of other guys that maybe are a little bit better with social media and marketing and YouTube. Um, and, you know, they just, they're all over the news as, but then, like I said, there's other guys that are doing amazing things and you just, for some reason, don't really hear about them. Of course. I mean, um... The thing is, a lot of adventures, if you want to do it fast, it's super expensive. Um, you you mentioned um, the Antarctica crossing, and um, the Antarctica crossing is so expensive that, of course, it's yeah. tremendously challenging to do it, but actually getting the money to do it is at least equally challenging as uh, um, the crossing in the end. And... And that's the case with a lot of things. So um, marketing budgets, they do change the, the way how records are broken. And um, it's you don't have to be only the best anymore. You also have to be very good in, in marketing yourself and, uh, and selling your story. That's actually probably the even more important thing than than uh, doing the greatest adventures nowadays. You want to live from it. Yeah, because you can do amazing things, but if no one's heard of you and no one knows about it, then it's almost what's the point, right? It, so, I mean, I can see it in, in, um, in the startup world as well. You know, raising money is probably the hardest thing you can do as a startup. But that's uh, that takes up like a lot of your time. So, I mean, do you think this is a similar thing? Like reaching out to sponsors and trying to work with them, is that, you know, half as hard as, as the adventures or even harder sometimes? Um, for my first um, two records, I would say that was actually harder than, than at least as hard as uh, doing the proper thing. Because um, if you haven't, already an established name in the industry and, and media and, and followers, you are simply not getting any money. It's almost impossible. Yeah. And um, now it's different. Now I, I do have my, my long-term partners and I can concentrate on my adventures. But it's also the same. I 
all I do is unsupported, which means it's super cheap. I mean, Cape to Cape, for example, costs mm -hmm. maybe $3,000. Um, it's a game changer if you have a support crew with you. Then we are not talking about $3,000, but at least uh, $150,000 or $200,000. Um, so I, wow. I do have sponsors, but I'm not dependent on it. I can, I've never done an adventure that I couldn't finance on my own. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah, I mean, maybe we can talk about the Cape to Cape challenges that, that you did. Um, again, it was 18,000 kilometers, 75 days, no way to South Africa, um, unassisted. Um, I mean, how was, how was that experience? I think that. Sorry? Um, actually, 72 days. 75 was the target. Oh, okay. So how long did uh, did you do it in? Uh, yes, 72 days. Uh, I was aiming for 75, oh, wow. but uh, in the end, it ended up at 72 days. Okay. That's, so you beat your own record that you set for yourself. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, you, you have to set your yourself in limits otherwise you're never going to perform at your at your your maximum and uh, yeah. i have been at all the three, three um, at also pan america solo wise two days faster than than i had said myself so you, you kind of always end up oh, at, wow. at um, like one or two days faster than you than you have planned that's amazing so wait so how was the cape to cape challenge i'm, I'm assuming that would have that one must have been like the most extreme as far as like the, the landscape that changes. Cause you start in Norway, which is, you know, mountainous and snow and just all, all white. And then you kind of go to Africa, which is very hot and, and brown and, and just completely different, like, you know, uh, atmosphere, completely different, um, mountain ranges, just everything's completely different. Exactly. So, um, and America was in terms of landscape um, equally um, varied because um, you cross when you cross from north to south, you are crossing all climate zones, and it means the landscape is changing much more than if you do a west to east crossing. Um, mm -hmm. And on Cape to Cape, it was basically in the north in uh, Norway, Finland, and and it was the easy part. It's uh, it's Europe. You find everything. Um, it's wilderness, no cars and everything, anything. And uh, then across Russia, the Caucasus, uh, Iran. Um, but the real challenge that started in Africa, because in Africa, it's kind of, you have the best plan and in practice, it doesn't work at all. Um, I had uh, in Egypt, uh, Sudan and Ethiopia, I didn't have a single day where, I, where things worked out as, as I had planned. I had a constant problem in Egypt with the, the police. They didn't want me uh, want to let me cycle, so I, I even slept the night in a prison cell. And uh, then I got food poisoning also in in the Sahara, and uh, I had oh, no food, no water. Um, and it's like fifty degrees Celsius in the Sahara Desert, and you're oh wow, and, uh, fighting the headwind. It's 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 horrible. It's really you are on the limit, and. Yeah, it's kind of, you wake up in the morning and you already think like, what's the next uh, bad surprise for you? And in Ethiopia, yeah. I have a few of them. Um, so in Ethiopia, the, the children, the, the young children everywhere in the world, they all run after you. And, um, 
a lot of them scream for money or um yeah but some are very nice but but a lot of them actually throw stones at me so oh really i i still don't know why it's um but i heard from every cyclist who passes ethiopia and that's the case and it's super strange i've been to that's a, crazy. more than 100 countries now and um i had only good experiences with people everywhere um but yeah. in ethiopia the children were really really making my life challenging Wow. So how do you keep your spirits up when, you know, you get food poisoning and the kids are throwing rocks at you and it's 50 degrees Celsius and everything's going sour? Just how do you stay positive and, you know, have have the the, the mission in mind? Um, of course, you need the right uh, training and equipment and body to do a challenge like that. But uh, for me, 95% is mindset. And the longer the challenge is and the harder it is, the more it is a matter of uh, motivation. And that includes food poisoning. So what I'm doing is basically to always be optimistic and I break down big goals into small ones. So I don't uh, think it's another 2000K until I'm out of the Sahara Desert. I think it's, uh, it's another four hours and there you, you may find a shop where you get some, get a cold uh, Coke uh, or a water and um, then you continue. So you just uh, think about something nice and something more tangible. And uh, that's, that's how you do it. That's, um, that's a secret. I see. So what, you know, what in your opinion are the biggest dangers in, 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 in an expedition, um, not specifically this one, but generally that you've had, is it food? Is it injuries, uh, extreme weather? Is it the people, like you said that, you know, you have problems with police officers and, and with, uh, kids throwing rocks at you, or is it maybe animals? Like I'm sure maybe if you did the, um, in Alaska, in Canada, you, you might've run into some bears. Um, is that something that you've seen that caused you more problems than you know than some or is it just or is it all the above you know it just depends on on where you are um so yeah i, I actually run in a lot of bears when i was uh, up in alaska and canada and uh, i also had some lions in lion encounters in in africa but uh, oh, wow. animals are as long as you behave um, properly and respect them i am i'm not scared of animals um I had uh, also with people only once problems, like big problems. Um, I got into some kind of civil war in Ethiopia, where like the cars and, and the houses were burning and, and people were killing others. And I was in the middle of that, but it wasn't against me. Uh, and it was really an exception. Uh, what I'm really afraid of, that's traffic. Um, because I don't have it under control. It can happen at any moment that a car or a truck comes from behind and and you're dead. So, so this is what I'm, what I'm really afraid of. Oh, so, so cars and trucks on the road, that's the biggest, uh, fear. By farm. Have you had any bad the... experiences? Like, oh yes, I had uh, very, quite a few close calls, especially in Russia, where I, I mean, the truck passes you with like 10 centimeters at full speed. Um, you know that that was like really tight. So I had several 
um, very close calls, but I was never hit. Well, well <laughs> thank God for that. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine Russia is, I mean, it's just so vast and it's probably, you know, is that the place maybe where you saw like the least amount of people? I'm assuming there's probably hours and hours where you're cycling and you probably don't see a living soul. Um, yes, so so on the on the Cape to Cape, I I was in the European part of Russia, which is still quite populated. But during Eurasia, um, when I crossed the entire Russia, also Eastern Siberia, um, I had days where I haven't seen a single person. There's a stretch in in the far east of Siberia that's two thousand and five hundred k. Um, that's like almost two thousand miles, and there's nothing. Absolutely nothing. Wow. Do you like that, or or is that something that scares you nothing. when you just don't see? Because <laughs> everyone reacts different, right? Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people are. They love the solitude and the quiet, and then some people have to live in a city with 10 million people that's constantly hustle and bustle. Yeah, I, I love the wild. The wild, that's, that's my place, and I'm never never alone in the wild. It's kind of, I sing on the bike, yeah. and in the evening I make fire and, and enjoy it. It's beautiful. No, I, I, I'm the same. I love it. I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't get to do it enough. Obviously, nowhere near what you obviously do, but you know, I think that's uh, like when I look at, at at someone like you and I go on the website and I follow you on Instagram. Obviously, then you know, it's. I think that kind of stuff is very inspirational, and uh, it's you know, it makes you want to go outdoors. And I think that's important. It's so important. I think that's because I kind of go back and forth in social media. I think social media has a lot of negative uh pitfalls but i do think you know it does have a lot of positive ones as well and i think you know people like yourself who are out there in nature showing people places where they're ne- they've never been before and kind of getting them to maybe want to go to these places is i think that's a huge positive yeah i absolutely agree i mean you have to be careful how you use social media that you don't um, overuse it but uh, you can get a lot of inspiration from from social media. So, what what did what do you think was your most um, difficult expedition so far, and, and uh, why? Um, that's by far Cape to Cape. I mean, uh, Pan America was longer, and also climbing. I mean, the Andes are just insane, and uh, also Patagonia with the winds, but. Cape to Cape, I mean, Africa is just the most difficult place I've ever been been to cycle because of the heat, then there's no food, no water. I had three times food poisoning and I got, every day I had problems with, with civil war and kind of situations, police, and then uh, the wind and everything. It's just, I had very few easy days. Wow. And you know, did, were you concerned that there was there any point where you said, you know, that's this isn't worth it, or you know, this is too risky for me. Maybe I should stop. Never. Um, I think the the hard moments are the best Never. memories afterwards. And um, I, none of my expeditions, I thought a single second about about giving up. 
it uh, it's just not an option. It's um, kind of strange that that I always say the, the hardest thing is to get to the starting line, because until the moment where you start, you have a lot of things in your head, and people are telling you, "Man, that's a that's a bad idea." Do you know what what you're going to do? And and you don't know if borders are open or no idea what kind of what awaits me in Africa. But from the moment you're on your on your way, and um, on my mind, the only thing is um, now you make it to the finish, and that's the only option. Yeah, that's a great mentality to have. Is is that something you think is transferable to to the real world to? To business, to uh, entrepreneurship, uh, nonprofits, just maybe day to day, you know, uh, like that type of mentality. Absolutely, I think it's one of the most important things in in life, in in business, and and apart from that, um, it is the hardest thing to 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 simply do something because it is always easier to to not change, to stay in, inside your comfort zone. But if you really want to reach something ex uh, something extraordinary, you you have to take risks. You, you simply have to try it. And um, I yeah. mean, if you think about about Facebook or a Google or an Amazon, um, I'm sure when 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 they founded their companies, um, most people told them, "Well, that's that's not a good idea." But um, they had to, and it was definitely. A more difficult choice than than just staying in your comfort zone. Um, but if you don't do it, you're not successful. And that's exactly the same in in also in bigger companies. I mean, um, it's so easy to to not change. But um, if you do something with passion, if you really follow your heart and and have the courage to 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 try uh, new things, you may fail fail at some at some points, but um, I would still be proud of it. You you have had the courage to do it, and you come back stronger and and do it again. Yeah, it's better to um, better to have tried something and failed than not to try at all. Uh, you know, there's there's especially now on the internet, you can see the amount of successful people that have failed in the beginning. And it's just, it, I think it's just part of succeeding is, is failure. You know, there's, I, I like, I'm, I'm a big fight fan. So I love to watch like MMA and, 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 and boxing and Muay Thai and stuff like that. And there's this weird thing that happens with um, fighters that never lose for, for a very long time. And after their first loss, they're just different. You can just see after they lose for the first time, they're very different versus someone who, you know, early in their career, had a few losses, you know, went through some turmoil, turmoil and, and adversity. And if they lose again in the future, that's okay. They've already dealt with it. But someone that deals with it later in their career, it's almost like they're just not equipped and, and their whole demeanor changes, the whole, the, the, the way they fight changes. So I think those things are applicable to, to what you do and to business and the day to day. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. We'll stop here and, you know, maybe you and I can do this again uh, when we have maybe a little bit of a better connection and just because, you know, you're saying so many good things and I really want uh, people to hear everything you have to say uh, more clearly. 
So I think maybe for today, yeah, we'll 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 wrap it up and um and then maybe we can uh yeah, maybe we can do it again. Um of course. I mean uh, what, so I'm not going anywhere. I'm here in Switzerland, so I'm pretty flexible for the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah, we're the same here. I'm uh, in New York bound and it doesn't seem like we're going anywhere. So, um, so yeah, so look out for Jonas and his next um, adventure that he's going to do. Might not do it this year, maybe next year, but, you know, follow him on the social media. That way you can stay up to date with uh, whatever he's doing. And uh, yeah, uh, anything else? Any other place where you want uh, people to go and find you? And oh, of course. So Insta I use Instagram and uh, Facebook and uh, my website, uh, jonasdeichmann.com. And um, also the Pan America Solo documentary is on YouTube. And uh, now in summer, I'm bringing out a documentary and a book about, about Cape Cape. So there will be also more information. About okay, that. awesome. On Instagram and on my website, of course. All right, man. Awesome. Uh, it's too bad we didn't have like the best connection, but I uh, will do it again. I had a great time uh, talking, and um, yeah, and uh, we'll do it again, hopefully. Okay. Uh, thanks. All right, man. Take care, man. Bye bye.